This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Today's show is entitled, Imagine What Could Happen in Ukraine. Mark Twain said, God created war so that Americans would learn geography. How true. How truly true. There's a raging war in Ukraine, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it today and why its outcome is critically important to each American. Yeah, that includes you and me. Why it's critically important to every liberty and freedom-loving citizen of the world. It's an important geography lesson, as are the politics of the hapless Biden administration in league with our allies, the NATO nations. If Putin wins... No nation, no citizen in the world is safe. I'm not sure that we're safe from Joe Biden's view of the world or necessarily the green energy freaks and the NATO nations. Hyperbole? I I think not. If we submit to Vladimir Putin's threat of nuclear blackmail or any of the other talked-about weapons of mass destruction, like chemical or biological and even cyber attacks, then, then surely no individual or nation is safe. And please realize we're about to see an expansion of who has nuclear armaments. Joe Biden has no business enabling Iran to acquire nuclear intercontinental ballistic missiles by 2027. But this is exactly what's happening with Mr. Biden's negotiations to lift Trump's sanctions on Iran so that the European nations can switch from dependence on Russian oil and gas to dependence on Iranian energy sources. And in in a bizarre way, if the new Iranian deal goes through, the Russians walk away with $10 billion project to assist the Iranians with building their nuclear energy plants. What a sweet deal. This is just another way the Biden administration and the European Union are punishing Russia for their heinous and brutal assault on Ukraine by enabling another terrorist organization and nation. Don't ask me to explain it. Every time I begin reading about how the Russians are negotiating with the Iranians on our behalf, you you see the Iranians refuse to speak with us directly. Well, Well, every time I psych up to learn about the particulars of this convoluted deal, I get nauseous and and I walk away from anything to do with this devil-inspired undertaking. Even reading about it hurts my gut. Of course, had former President Donald J. Trump remained in office, there would be no negotiations with Iran until they were ready to denounce their nuclear weapons ambitions and submit to rigorous inspections. Moreover, there wouldn't be a war in Ukraine today if Trump were still in office. Why? Because American gas and oil companies could supply our energy needs and relieve energy-dependent European nations because we were an oil and natural gas exporter. Yet Joe Biden has the nerve to stand up today and still claim that we are a net exporter of energy. 
oh, we might export some energy, but we import more energy than we export. That's because we are an energy-dependent nation again. Had Donald Trump remained in office, Europe could have depended on a democratic nation like America for much of its energy needs while they played their game of all green energy by such and such a date. Yes, but Mr. Joseph Biden crushed this possibility by making America once again an energy-beggared nation. And perchance, while Trump was still president, had the Russians still decided to march into Ukraine on his watch, Trump would have immediately helped the Ukrainians expel Vladimir with prejudice. There would have never been an open argument about the Polish MiG-29s. You see, Donald Trump, he was never beholding to Russia in any way, shape, form, or any under-the-table deals. Now, on the other hand, by the middle of next year, I predict Mr. Joseph Biden will have been impeached and convicted of a high crime, several perhaps, and multiple misdemeanors. Oh, you ask, over what? I say over his alleged tax evasion. Tax evasion, you say? Oh, I have so much to tell you about that. And we're going to just touch on it today, because I'm going to come back to it. It'll take a whole show to talk to you about it. But last Sunday on Marie Bartiroma's program, Sunday Morning's Future, she asked Peter Schweitzer if he believes the evidence he saw on Hunter Biden's laptop confirms that not only did Hunter receive millions upon millions of dollars from foreign political and business leaders, but that Joe Biden also received a large portion of those proceedings. Now, Peter Schweitzer is the founder and CEO of Government Accountability Institute. He's also the author of, of multiple books. The most recent one is entitled Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China. Now, here's, here's just a small portion of that interview. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of things that people have to keep in mind. The first is, if you look at the three big flashpoints in American foreign policy today, Ukraine, Russia, and China, the Biden family has received funds, millions of dollars, in some cases, tens of millions of dollars from powerful individuals connect to the, connected to the government in each of those countries. That's the first factor. The second factor is this is not just a Hunter Biden story. Uh, the New York Times tries to paint it that way. The headline is even Hunter Biden pays his back taxes, but broad investigation continues. They admit that the laptop is real. And what the laptop reveals is that Hunter Biden received these funds, but the president of the United States, Joe Biden, was a recipient and a beneficiary of those funds. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden had intermingled finances. Hunter Biden was paying monthly bills. He was paying for repairs on his home. So this is a story that goes straight to the president. And each of these countries, particularly China, has a policy of using commercial ties, financial ties as leverage over foreign elites. And they clearly have that in this case with Joe Biden. Peter Schweitzer isn't the only one who believes Mr. Biden is terribly compromised because of his under-the-table corrupt foreign money deals. Now here's a clip of Stephen Mosier, who among other research activities is the CEO of the Population Research Institute. He's an expert on China, and he's also the author of a very uh, well-read book, Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to the World. 
Uh, I wish that we had a government that was capable of acting in the interest of the American people uh, in this situation and in all situations. And, and sadly, we don't. I mean, look, we have a president in the White House whose family has taken money from Ukraine, Russia and China, all of the major players. Uh, I think he's fatally compromised. Here's a fact. If Mr. Biden is fatally compromised, so are we, and so is the rest of the free world. You know, Joe Biden has yet to say the objective of America and NATO is to help Ukraine win the war against Vladimir Putin. Win, win, win. He can't say win. Biden has yet to say anything other than for helping Ukraine. But I challenge you, you cannot find the words where mumbling, stumbling Joe says, we're in it to win it. That's because Mr. Biden continues to pretend we're not in it. More to come on this story soon. But before leaving this subject of Joe's dirty money, you may ask how did old man Joe get wrapped up in influence peddling for cash payments? Well, it is documented that Joe Biden has been trading cash for influence his entire 50-year political career. This scheme to, uh, to shake down foreign government officials and those with high-level contacts within Ukraine, China, and Russia was hatched by the Biden family sometime in 2014, while Mr. Biden was still our vice president. It revolved around Hunter doing all the approaching and collecting. They believed this was sort of an arm's-length approach. But no one cared about Hunter's influence on Capitol Hill. It was always Joe's contacts and influence Hunter was allegedly peddling. Joe Biden didn't think he'd be in government after 2016. So the Bidens stepped up the schemes and the collections. But then, out of the blue, Joe decided to run for the presidency in 2020. And all the recent foreign money and corruption became a huge liability. Hunter's laptop documents enough information to bury the Bidens several times over. And a new Republican Congress is going to do all the investigating exactly about this. Believe me, the coming attractions are dynamite. Stay tuned. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mark Twain, good old Mark Twain said, God created war so that Americans would learn geography. But before, before I venture into the war in Ukraine, I wish to explore some additional political geography here at home. If you listened to my show last weekend, you know I no longer refer to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. as the president. I now refer to him as Mr. Biden or Joseph Biden, or just old man Joe. I, like tens of billions of Americans, have too much respect for this hallowed federal elective office to soil it with a flimflam, glad-handing grifter and practiced liar like Joseph Biden. To do otherwise would be a grave insult to those like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, and yes, Donald Trump, who did great service to the office and to every liberty and freedom-loving America. These individuals clearly made America great, and when necessary, they made America great again. By contrast, there's nothing great about what Joseph Biden and his radical progressive Democrat Party of Socialists and Marxists are doing to America. Now, before 
touching on several other glaring sins committed by the woke left this week, I'd like to play a clip of Joe Biden from a speech he made in 2019. Now, don't think for a moment I'm going to skip how unsightful Joseph Biden has been, especially given his 50 years in public office, and he remains so to this day. Again, this speech was made in 2019, and the person he was slandering at the time was President Donald J. Trump. Here's the clip. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work to make up for all the damage he's done internationally and nationally. His network of thugs and co-conspirators are going to continue to try to undermine our democracy in the meantime. Imagine what he can do in another year. Imagine what can happen in Ukraine. Yes, Joe, imagine what could happen in Ukraine. Just imagine. Now let's touch on some of the Democrat Party evils of the past week I was alluding to. As an example of Democrat Party mortal crimes against American values, allow me to share with you two slices of this week's Senate confirmation hearings on Biden's black female Supreme Court nominee, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Now, others have noted that every woke Democrat organization lobbied the White House over the past month to select Judge Jackson as the Supreme Court nominee to replace Justice Stephen Breyer. This despite there were others as well qualified, or at least on paper, as Judge Jackson. But the the woke lobby won the internal battle for who would be nominated and by assured extension who would be voted in as the new justice. I mean, after all, the Democrats still hold a 51-vote majority in the Senate. Thus, her confirmation really is a, is a shoe-in. Now, this new, soon-to-be Supreme Court justice is already several degrees to the left of leftist Stephen Breyer, and even several degrees further left than Stephen, than those she competed against for the presidential nomination. Listen to this exchange between Senator Marsha Blackburn and Judge Jackson. Now, I ask you to bear with me. I've left the naturally occurring pauses in the clip in this clip. So when the audio goes silent, it's Judge Jackson thinking through her answer. And you can see why all the time spent thinking through her answer needs to remain in the clip. In all, the clip's about three minutes long, a little bit short of that. Here it is. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, so it's hard for me to... Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, 
people make arguments and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and I, could come to the court. So I'm and not able to. I think it tells our girls that their voices don't matter. I think it tells them that they're second-class citizens, and parents want to have a Supreme Court justice who is committed to preserving parental autonomy and protecting our nation's children. Now, typically, biologically, female individuals have two X chromosomes, XX, while those of us who are biologically male have one X and one Y chromosome. Now, I, I learned this some 60 years ago in, in a public high school. I thought her initial answer concerning a definition of the word woman probably gave the White House a gastric bleed. If, if Judge Jackson can't define a woman, how can Mr. Biden be assured he actually selected one? After all, being black and a woman, were those were key qualifications and demands of the Biden White House. I also thought in this game of confirmation hide-and-seek, uh, the judge would have been allowed a lifeline. I mean, you know, where she's allowed to call out to an outside party to give her a better answer to the question, what is a woman? But if you followed any of her four days of testimony, and it was monotonous, she dodged every question by saying the issue being questioned could come to the Supreme Court, uh, therefore no comment. Now here's one last follow-up to Judge Jackson on the same theme. So yesterday, uh, under, under questioning from Senator Blackburn, uh, you told her that, that you couldn't define what a woman is, uh, that you were not a biologist, which, which I think you're the, the only Supreme Court nominee in history who's been unable to answer the question, what is a woman? Uh, let me ask you, as a judge, how would you determine if a plaintiff had Article Three standing uh, to challenge a gender-based rule, regulation, policy, uh, without being able to determine what a woman was. So, Senator, I know that I'm a woman. I know that um, Senator Blackburn is a woman, and the woman who I um, admire most in the world is in the room today, my mother. Um, it sounded as though well, but the but question let me, but, was... But let me ask, under the modern leftist sensibilities, if... if I decide right now that, that I'm a woman, um, then apparently I'm a woman. Does that mean that I would have Article Three standing to challenge a gender-based restriction? 
Senator, to the extent that you are asking me about um, who has the ability to bring lawsuits based on gender, those kinds of issues are working their way through the courts, and I'm not able to comment on them. Okay. If, if, if I can change my gender, if I can be a woman, and then an hour later, if I decide I'm not a woman anymore, I guess I would lose Article Three standing. Tell me, does that same principle apply to other protected characteristics? For example, I'm, I'm an Hispanic man. Could, could I decide I was an Asian man? Would, would I have the ability to be an Asian man and challenge Harvard's discrimination because I made that decision? Judge Jackson answered that these issues of gender and race are they're working their way through the courts, and she's not able to make any determination here today before the Senate. But, but this is the point. We already know how she's going to rule in cases like these, and that's going to be on the side of the woke gender and race issues, and she's going to be that way every time. Now, while her answer that she knows that she's a woman and that Senator Blackburn is a woman and that uh, Judge Jackson's mother is a woman, uh, those ans- that answer was pretty cute, I thought. It was certainly as cute as the bare question as to what is a woman. The problem both Senators Blackburn and Cruz were getting at, however, is that how does she know? Uh, What's the law say about self-declared gender? And how does the judge reconcile this with biologic facts? Uh, Judge Jackson doesn't know, most especially in today's world, if Senator Blackburn is, in fact, a woman. And, in fact, if Ted Cruz is a man. Now, she's, she's making, in, in this case, a reasonable assumption. It's an assumption I would certainly make that what each of these senators is declaring is, in fact, a biologic truth. But, but who cares about biology? The rules of biology are no longer relevant in our world. In Judge Jackson's world of wokeness, however, uh, th- there's no such simplicity as biologic facts, not, not any longer. Uh, These rules of life are being replaced by feelings. I feel this or that way, then I must be this or that way. Uh, This is the truth most certainly for the way the woke left defines gender identity, and as ridiculous as it sounds, the same will soon become true for probably race and ethnicity. Today, I'm of Polish descent, but why can't I just change and become a Ukrainian refugee? I feel very blue and yellow today. They're my favorite new colors. Or as Ted Cruz posited, why can't he be an Asian American? Surely if a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy, then as Democrats are fond of imagining a world without rules or bounds, in that world everything is open to interpretation. Well, this isn't exactly true in the world of wokeness. Everything is only open to the world of the woke world's interpretation. Let's turn for a moment um, to Kamala Harris, for diversity's sake, of course. She's the other first-of-kind notable black female in the Biden administration. To think, even, even for a fleeting moment, that Mr. Biden selected Kamala Harris as his second-in-command is to indelibly paint another corrosive stain on the American presidential history. The first rule of leadership is to pick the most capable person who can step in immediately into your role should anything untoward happen to you. 
and you need and you need to mentor these people so they're prepared to step in. Life is short, and and at unfortunate times it can become instantaneously short. Does anyone in their right mind believe Kamala Harris could stand in the office of the presidency and lead this nation anywhere but further down the toilet of Democrat Party politics? Democrats claim to this day that making Kamala Harris the first black woman to be vice president was a step forward in our representative democracy. Somehow, somehow for Democrats, skin color is the very nature of diversity. Uh, go figure. It's as, it's as if adding stupidity to the diversity cause somehow makes us a stronger nation. The only step forward her vice presidency represents is a step forward off a high cliff built back better by Joseph Biden's advancing lunacy. Now, I lament anyone goofy enough to have voted for Mr. Biden in the first place. But they're really loony if they voted for Mr. Biden because he put Kamala Harris, the first colored black female, on the Biden 2020 ticket which is to be aligned with our allies, understanding that, I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position... So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. For Ukrainian refugees. A friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> okay, so this time... To focus on the Northern Triangle, not just in the Northern Triangle, to help the Northern Triangle, to combat violence in the Northern Triangle. And to focus on the Northern Triangle. One of my areas of focus, which is the Northern Triangle, that are affecting the Northern Triangle, to provide immediate relief to the Northern Triangle, to address the root causes in the Northern Triangle. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and to hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm not kidding. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko knows a thing or two about the immune system. He was nominated for a Nobel Prize for his early COVID-19 treatments, and now he's offering his Z-Stack supplements to our listeners at a discount. Just go to zstacklife.com slash freedom. That's zstacklife.com slash freedom. 
In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both in the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Frankly Daniel Show. Just before the break, we reviewed a series of clips of Kamala Harris speaking off the cuff on several different occasions in several different settings. Now, I'm always honest with you, so I don't have to say honestly. But honestly, I could take up to the next 10 hours just playing clips of Kamala Harris's stupidity. With these clips uh, that I've just played in mind, let me say, uh, dearest Kamala, there, has, there hasn't been peace in Europe these past 70 years. I mean, are, are you too lazy to Google Russia alone's involvement in the First and Second Chechen Wars, the Russo-Georgian War, the Russo-Ukrainian War in Dobas, raging since 2014, the annexation of Crimea by the Russian Federation, and let me just throw a few others, like the Croatian War of Independence. And you remember that Bosnian and Yugoslav Wars? Uh, we even got involved in some of those. All these wars took place over the last 30 years of European history. And, and we're still waiting for you, Camilla, to produce your root cause analysis for why there's mass exodus of people from the Northern Triangle Central American countries, specifically to America. Now, haven't you, haven't you wondered why illegal aliens don't stop in Mexico instead of traveling an additional 1,200 miles on foot to the United or the ununited States of America? If they're all seeking asylum, why, why not stop in the first country that's safe to stop in? That's what the UN rules say about refugees and people seeking asylum. 
That country would be Mexico, of course, where most of these supposed refugees already speak the language. Probably no one's told you this yet, Camilla, but you know there's been refugees from Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian refugees showing up at the border, and they have not been let in. They've been sent back to Mexico to wait like all the other uh, Title 42 people are being stuck over there. These people are actually refugees by every frigging definition of refugee. Now, it, it just turns out just the other day, Uncle Joe said that he's going to allow 100,000 uh, Ukrainian refugees into the country, given there's already about 4 million refugees. Uh, <laughs> this has been a pittance, but, but I understand he's got a lot of other people that he's got to let in first because the goal of the, the Democrat Party is to let in people who are going to vote Democratic in the future. And I seriously doubt all these white conservative Ukrainians coming to the country are going to vote for any of the wokeness of this country, especially once they get to hear some of the wokeness that we've got going on here. Joe Biden was so proud of telling us all that he knew all about how this war was going to unfold. He told us 30 days, 60 days before. This is coming down the pike. But he expected this war to last a couple of days, and that would be it. And you can see that in all his planning, because there was no planning. There's no planning for refugees. There was no planning for how to get weapons to Ukraine, or even if they would ship weapons. There is no planning for the huge humanitarian crisis that occurred. I mean, we're scrambling, you know, to, to fill these needs now. And it's not because of Joe Biden's leadership. Joe is following our leadership, the people. You know that 82% of Americans are in favor of doing more for Ukraine? than Joe Biden's already doing, and he's telling you he's pulled out all the stops. He's doing everything imaginable. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable, all the, uh, the benefits he's been, been sharing with everybody, uh, uh, Europe and all the way down. He's all the way up to going to be up $2 billion in weapons uh, to Ukraine. Of course, he could have shipped half of that before the war, and probably there wouldn't have been a war. But don't let that get in the way of a good story. You know, Joe's just about to lift Title 42, meaning we could see an additional 200,000 quote-unquote asylum seekers sitting in Mexico waiting to come on over. You know, it, it, this thing along the border is ridiculous. And then for Joe to, to stand up and tell how, how much he's really concerned about the sovereignty of a country like Ukraine, when well, we have no sovereignty here whatsoever. But I'll stop now, because if I get carried away, I, I, I could talk for probably the next three hours. Well, let me tell you, Camilla, let me, in, let me let you in on a well-established fact. In addition to free entry into our America, the Biden administration, yes, the, the same administration you're part of is offering, in fact, it's actually insisting on these non-citizens that they're entitled to all the rights and benefits of actual American citizens, including the right to vote. And that's why they're all coming to America, Camilla. I, I, I've listened to many of your speeches, Camilla, and I have to say, you sound as if you're reading to a class of kindergartners. And why are you obsessed with this concept of time? Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven? Whatever's wrong with Biden 
is 20 times worse with Harris. Harris's performance in Poland was so humiliating to every American to have her laughing when asked about refugees from Ukraine. I would say Harris should never again be allowed to leave the United States because she is such a continuing embarrassment uh, to the American people. And she brings the United States in disrepute. Nobody in the world thinks this administration can lead. Nobody in the world is going to rely on the guarantee of uh, Joe Biden, who has consistently lied, lied about Afghanistan, has lied about Ukraine. Uh, it's, a, it's truly historically a dangerous moment uh, for the United States and, frankly, for the entire human race. I know this sounds like rain on Kamala Day, but she has completely turned over the 11 people in her senior staff in under one year. I mean, this is a new administrative record. Or more correctly put, 11 senior members of her staff resigned in order to maintain their mental health and professional integrity. Most of these professionals are black women. Not even these birds of the same feather could work with Camilla. Finally, let me say to you, Camilla, yes, Ukraine is a smaller nation than Russia, but Ukraine is not a NATO member. Please wake up, woman of color, for you're certainly giving women of color a disconcerting reputation. First of all, if you want a strong reason to pray for the health of the President of the United States, you are sure. reminded again that that reason is the Vice President. Uh, she's not only totally incoherent, she's just dumb. I mean, let's, let's be clear. Kamala Harris may be the dumbest person ever elected vice president in American history. Okay, it's fair to ask why I'm so cynical and sarcastic about Biden's perpetual use of the term women of color, when he really means black women. That's who the Democrat Party is worried about losing, you know. It's black women, black women of color. Before 2012, when Democrats were on their national disunion campaign of identity politics, I never gave any notice to other people's skin color. Certainly not as a defining critical ingredient of diversity. I welcome diversity of thought and experience and skill sets. If you're dumb, lazy, unexperienced, and have no skills and you're 30 years old, I don't want you on my team. Go play with the skins team. Over there, your skin color really matters. I've never discriminated against anyone of any color or sex. I wouldn't really know how to or why I should go about that. My religious upbringing as a Christian just absolutely forbids that. I'd venture to say 99% of Americans don't either. But to hear Democrats tell it, 99% of Americans are party to systemic racism in America. And this is the hogwash they're feeding our children. Now, here's a short clip of Mr. Biden's Friday address to our troops stationed in Poland. We're the only country in the world based on the idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all women and men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Sounds corny, but it's the truth of who we are. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it. And the rest of the world looks to us because, you know, we not only lead by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. They see you are a multi-ethnic group of Americans that are, in fact, together and united in one resolve to defend your country. 
So Joe just had to stand on his righteous platform and again tell the world, we are a systemically racist nation. But despite this, our troops have been to social-emotional learning and critical race theory indoctrination, and our most powerful message to the world is that we field a multiracial and ethnically diverse group of soldiers, and despite lowering our recruitment standards, to serve in the military. Go puke, Joe. Our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence, and our Constitution have never sounded corny, Joe. You must be thinking of Corn Pop, your old imaginary friend. But back to our racially diverse White House. Kamala Harris acts dumb. I've yet to hear an original thought come out of her mouth, and she's terrible when it comes to explaining other people's thoughts. Experience-wise, you'd think she hadn't been out of her neighborhood, much less her house. And if she has skills, she's doing a magical job of hiding them. If she wasn't in line to be the backup president to our brain-addled Joe Biden, I wouldn't really care. But as Newt Gingrich just said, pray for Biden's health. I hold the woke progressive Democrats and Joe Biden responsible for the travesty of picking this pathetic choice to be vice president. Surely this could not be the only black female in America who could have stood in this role if you had to be first at something. So let me ask you, have you listened to any of the things Joe Biden said while at the NATO meetings this past Thursday and Friday? If not, I encourage you to find his speeches on Rumble or YouTube. They're all short addresses, anywhere from three to eight minutes. But stay seated while you listen, otherwise you could fall and hurt yourself. I'm serious about that. Allow me to play a short clip from Thursday's short question and answer session with reporters. Straight, you remember if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain what we're doing, not just next month, the following month, but for the remainder of this entire year. That's what will stop him. For heaven's sakes, was I glad that I was sitting when I heard this bald-faced lie. There must be 200 clips of numerous White House officials and Democrat propagandists who've repeatedly, loudly, and obnoxiously said that sanctions stand as a critical deterrent to Putin. We've been repeatedly told that we can impose sanctions on Russia before Putin invades, because if we did, they would no longer be deterrents. So Thursday, NATO found some some other people in Russia to slap sanctions on. I wasn't aware that there were anybody left to slap sanctions on, because in essence, every Russian is suffering under the sanctions. But these additional 400 people or so probably still don't know and may never know that Biden isn't going to allow them to enter a Ben & Jerry's ice cream store in Delaware. No go. Sanctions, the economic sanctions that Joe Biden and his merry friends in Europe have imposed on Russia and on Vladimir Putin's friends, haven't stopped one missile, one tank, one artillery shell, one mortar, one dumb bomb, one sniper's rifle, or one mind that the Russians are now seeding all over their encampments and emplacements and entrenchments. 
who, I mean, I'd like to know who's going to take those mines out once this conflict comes to an end. We're going to have children blown up over the next 10 years until they identify just all those mines. The, the point is, Ukrainians are still dying while we're playing the sanctions game because we don't seem to be in it to win it. Not one building has been spared. Not one hospital has been spared. Not one apartment complex. Not one family home or shopping center. None of these have been excused from Russians' annihilation and complete scorched-earth policy toward every city in Ukraine. Perhaps with the death of another thousand Ukrainians, with the pulverization of another thousand Ukrainian buildings and another hundred Ukrainian cities, the sanctions will something to change the trajectory of this war. <laughs> but by then, so what? What will be left to destroy? The one thing that Biden just th doesn't seem to get is that time is life, and he is spending lives in place of seconds on the clock. And I, for one, resent it. Now, the reporter who asked Biden the question about sanctions followed up and challenged him again about deterrence. That's not what I said. You, you're, you're playing a game with me. I know. The answer is no. I think what happens is we have to demonstrate the purpose, the single most important thing, is for us to stay unified and the world continue to focus on what a brute this guy is and all the innocent people's lives are being lost and ruined and what's going on. That's the important thing. But look, if you're Putin and you think that, the, that Europe is going to crack in a month or six weeks or two months, why not? You, they can take anything for another month, but we have to demonstrate. The reason I asked for the meeting, we have to stay fully, totally. Yes, Joe, we have to stay fully, totally behind our big desks in America and wait for the sanctions to stop Putin. Of course, it's a race between the sanctions winning and how many Ukrainians are still alive at that point. Mr. Biden is the type of operator that if, if you call him with a 911 call, he has his secretary schedule a response. Mr. Biden says the most important thing for the world to focus on is what a brute this guy, meaning Putin, of course, uh, what, a, what a brute he is, and all the innocent about, and people's lives being lost and ruined. Hello? If you're truly concerned about all the innocent people being murdered and lives ruined, then it's past time to arm the Ukrainians and stop with this nonsense fear of escalation. Well, first of all, I, I really don't think we're necessarily on the same page. What that I mean, President Biden and, and President Zelensky. Zelensky wants to stop the Russians and force them to leave his country. And they put everything on the line to do that. President Biden, in my judgment, wants to get a deal as quickly as he can and end this thing. Uh, and they're pressuring Zelensky to do just that for over a week. But Zelensky obviously doesn't want to end this on terms that are favorable to Russia. He wants to end this in terms that are favorable to the United States. And I think that difference gets played out every single day. Think of it this way. The Russians occupy your third bedroom, your upstairs bathroom, along with your garage. You want them entirely out of your house and home. But Joe Biden wants you to strike a deal with the Russians. Territory for peace. Other, in other words, a land for peace. Uh, it worked out so well in Israel. In, in your case, your bedroom, bathroom, and your garage for peace. Uh, how do you feel about that? 
I, I wouldn't accept it. In fact, after losing thousands of Ukrainians, I'd be rather pissed off. Instead of the Russians attacking you, Joe, why don't you just give them California, Washington, and Oregon, perhaps? They're, they're left coast and left-wing states anyway. We won't miss them. Mark Twain said, A half-truth is the most cowardly of lies. A half-truth is the most cowardly of lies. How true that is. And Joseph Biden is, at best, a half-truth teller. The social phenomena that has made NATO nations pony up and bond as brothers and sisters is due to fear and political embarrassment. Now, Donald Trump, as we all know, browbeat derelict NATO nations to pay up. Many did pay up, but most were still in arrears. Nevertheless, Trump managed to raise $143 billion in fees from several procrastinators, and Joe Biden hasn't even come close to that. But it was fear of not only a Russian invasion, but importantly the fear that Russia would shut off their gas and oil that forced them really to all pay up and pony up, hold hands, and sing songs of cross-national unity. And you'd think this social phenomena would be quite familiar to Mr. Biden and his fellow Democrat fear merchants and mongers. The Democrats used fear of COVID to rule America these last two years. Fear and divisiveness are the key tools of socialism, communism, Marxism, and they're the hallmarks of the so-called Democrat Party. Fear of adverse reactions from mandatory COVID vaccines. Fear that you weren't labeled as an essential worker. You would have to wait on vaccination. Yes, there was a time we all had to line up and wait our turn to be vaccinated. And some people, like teachers' unions members, or teachers in other words, were more important than other people. Fear you'd be fired if you refused to be COVID vaccinated. Fear the supply chain will fail you when you desperately need that special item. Fear that inflation will set your family's lifestyle back an entire rung in the social standings. Fear you won't be able to afford gas. Fear you won't be able to pay your bills. Oh, fear of voter suppression by Republican thugs that run these state legislatures. Fear of your children's schools not reopening soon. Fear that what you saw teachers pushing on your children as you watched them instructed on Zoom for 18 months. Oh, there was fear around that. Fear your children are falling behind in reading, writing, and arithmetic. Fear that your children are being labeled as oppressors or oppressed. Fear of the explicit instruction and indoctrination your children were receiving on gender identity and sexual orientation. Fear that all-day masking of your preschooler and Head Start programs was damaging their speech development. Fear that your children were being instructed to fear, fear everything. Fear of killing their classmates if they didn't religiously wear their face masks. Fear of the teachers' unions. Fear of complaining too loudly at school board meetings. Fear of Merrick Garland and the FBI. Fear that police will not respond or respond in time to your 911 calls. Fear that she'll be carjacked, robbed, or arrested on the streets. Fear that the criminal that robbed or beat you will be back on the street within an hour. Fear of being canceled on social media. Fear of being culture canceled. Believe me, the Democrat Party is the party of fear. And now Mr. Biden and his pathetic, cowardly national security advisors are using fear that Putin might use nuclear weapons or some other weapon of mass destruction as cover for their ineptitude and increasing risk-averse behavior. 
If we're smart, we will fear Mr. Biden and his advisors. But more importantly, we must fear those he represents in the cursed, woke community. For they will surely be the death of America if we don't wise up. When you rule by fear, as the Biden administration has over the last 16 months, just think about it. Can you find anything that is not fear-infused? Then your misuse of fear eventually becomes your karma. And I would say there's one hell of a lot of karma coming Joe Biden and Democrats' way. If Mr. Biden fears anything, and I'm sure he does, then the loss of the House and the Senate this fall to Republicans should worry him deeply. Why, you ask? Because the coming avalanche of truth about Biden's highly lucrative pay-to-play influence peddling will result in a well-deserved impeachment and trial of Mr. Biden and a likely indictment, conviction, and prison term for family bagman Hunter Biden. We're watching in real time how well nuclear deterrence works and works well against Mr. Biden and company. I'm not sure it's because he fears something or he's compromised by something, or both. In our lifetimes, we've not been at this critical junction before. We are in a critical race, but it's not a theory about skin color and who's oppressed. Biden says there's about to be a new world order. Others say we're at a tipping point and about to experience a paradigm shift. Whatever you will call it, I agree. Prior to this war in Ukraine, the world's settled doctrine has been Nuclear war must never be allowed to happen. We've built our nuclear weaponry around the concept of mutually assured destruction. If you nuke us, we nuke you, and no one makes it out alive. But Putin has forced the world to balk, and certainly at the top of that list is Joe Biden. We no longer appear willing to meet threats of nuclear destruction with our own threats of mutually assured destruction. Our failure to meet these threats with steadfast resolve and to return them in kind is putting us in a likely future of subservience to a foreign power. We either comply with their wishes, regardless of how outrageous they may become, or else. If we fail to help Ukraine win this war, and I'm not talking about boots on the ground or any of the other malarkey that keeps coming up out of the Biden shop, but if we fail to help them win we will forever be held hostage to anyone who has nuclear weapons and is willing to threaten us unless we yield. The world has become increasingly more dangerous, not because of the advances in warfare technology, although this does play a part, but because of leaders who believe appeasement is the way to tame immoral and ruthless global bullies. We must face the truth. Biden is a frightened appeaser. His appeasement has led to this war, but now that it rages on, we must help Ukraine win it. There is no rational alternative. Those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. We have neither a president nor a historian. Instead, we have a scared Pollywanda-cracker president, a parrot and nothing more. For you and I, there's only one action to take. We must continue to call our senators and representatives and demand that we, as Americans, support the Ukrainian war effort. At Friday's conclusion of the NATO meeting, here was the outcome of that emergency meeting. We're coming together to reduce Europe's dependence on Russian energy. Putin has issued Russia's energy resources to coerce 
and manipulate its neighbors. He's used the profits to drive his war machine. And that's why earlier this month I announced the United States would ban all imports of Russian energy to make it clear that the American people would not be part of subsidizing Putin's brutal, unjustified war against the people of Ukraine. This crisis also presents an opportunity. It's a catalyst, a catalyst that will drive the investments we need to double down on our clean energy goals toward our net zero emissions future and to maximize the, available, the, avail, the availability and use of renewable energy. We're going to accelerate widespread adoption of energy efficient technologies and equipment like smart thermostats. Thermostats? Really? Where the heck is the statement about winning? No, all we get is more clean energy. Isn't that how we got into this war? As we come to a close today, I sincerely thank you for your loyal support of The Frankly Daniel Show. I hope I've offered you something you didn't know before. Keep smiling and keep your powder dry, and God bless until next week. I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and this is The Frankly Daniel Show. <laughs>